0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome,
1: everyone. Happy Tuesday. Happy trade deadline day. Today is going to be a really fascinating day. Baseball is going to be totally different by the time we're done with it. I'm Daniel Port. Uh, I'm your host today. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we're going to do things a little differently today because obviously a lot of uh, different news and trades went down uh, yesterday. So obviously this uh, episode is going to be a little more focused on uh, the news and trades. Uh, and then we'll kind of jump into some players like I normally do. But I just wanted to know we'll be a little more focused on those trades. So uh, let's jump straight into it because we have a lot of things to talk about today today. Um, Starting with the injuries news and notes, the Boston Red Sox have put uh, the the Boston Red Sox have announced that Rafael Devers is expected to return Tuesday. That's today against the Astros from his uh, stint on the 10 day injury list as he recovers from a hamstring injury. This is according to Chris Cotillo of the Springfield Republican And according to Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe, Rich Hill will not return to action Wednesday against the Astros. Uh, For the White Sox, Daryl Van Schwoen of the Chicago Sun-Times reports that Vince Velasquez is on the verge of beginning a rehab assignment for the White Sox. And uh, and James Fagan of The Athletic reports that Luis Robert is unlikely to return during Chicago's three-game series against Kansas City this week. For the Rockies, Chris Bryant was placed on the 10-day injured list uh, yesterday with a plantar fasciitis in his left foot. Alex Bregman went on the paternity list uh, yesterday uh, for the Houston Astros. And Bobby Witt Jr. was listed as day-to-day for the Kansas City Royals with a hand injury. He did not play yesterday. We'll see what his status is for today. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, reported that Blake Trinan will join the Dodgers on the road during their current series in San Francisco and throw a simulated game on Wednesday as he attempts to come back from a shoulder injury that's had him on the 60-day injured list. Chris Taylor uh, will begin his rehab assignment from a foot injury uh, today at AAA Oklahoma City, according to Fabian Ardia of The Athletic. And for the Marlins, uh, Brian Anderson is scheduled to do some soft tossing on Monday, according to Christina Day. Nicola of MLB.com and Trevor Rogers is scheduled to throw a bullpen session either today or tomorrow uh, as well. According to Kristen, uh, Christina day, Nicola of MLB.com for the Minnesota twins. Alex Kirilov is listed as day to day. He didn't play on Monday. Uh, We'll see what his status is for today as he has a wrist injury for the Padres. Eric Hosmer is listed day-to-day with a neck injury. He also did not play on Monday, according to Jeff Sanders of the San Diego Union-Tribune. And a friend, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, could begin a minor league rehab assignment as early as this weekend as he attempts to come back from his wrist injury, according to Kevin Essie of the San Diego Union-Tribune. For the, uh, for the Seattle Mariners, Taylor Trammell went 2-for-3 with a walk and a run in AAA Tacoma's win over El Paso on Sunday. And Mitch Hanniger played six innings in right field uh, during Triple A Tacoma's win as well, going one for three with a three-run home run and two walks. Finally, Ty France is listed as day-to-day currently. Uh, His wrist is bothering him, and he was not in the lineup for Monday's game against the Yankees. We'll pay attention to his status for today. All right, so that's the the injuries and and news part. Let's jump into some of the trades that went down yesterday and the rumors, because there were a ton. First, the Atlanta Braves added outfielder Robbie Grossman uh, and also traded uh, are also close to trading for right-hander Jake Odorizzi. Uh, You know, this worked for the Braves last year where they made uh, several moves for outfielders that had failed in other spots so far up to the season. And. Uh, they kind of rehab them and made them into usable pieces for the rest of the season. And it, it seems like they're trying to do the same thing with Robbie Grossman here. It worked for Adam Duvall, for Eddie Rosario, for Jorge Soler, and Jock Peterson last year. Um, you know, it'll be fascinating to see if this works for Grossman. Um, you know, with Duvall hurt, they need some outfield help, especially to pair with uh, Eddie Rosario out there. He's got a 14.7 walk rate over his last two weeks and a 12.8% walk rate. Over uh, the last month, that's kind of his calling card is he's going to get on base and uh, try to make things happen through uh, his plate discipline. Uh, If nothing else, he's been crushing left-handed pitching all season this year. uh, And so you could logically try to platoon him with uh, Eddie Rosario out there and kind of make one uh, one good uh, outfielder between the two of them. The Tigers in this trade uh, re- receive a left-handed pitcher, Chris Anglin. He was striking out 25.2% of the batters he faced at uh, A-level ball, where he currently is. He's got a 6'10 ERA down there. Uh, he was drafted in the 16th round last year. He has thrown about 30.1 innings pitch down there. Um, so it's kind of hard to get an idea of just how good he's doing. But um, the Tigers uh, get to at least get something out of Robbie Grossman and get him off of the, uh, off the books there. Odo Rizzi, he's pitched well enough uh, since coming back from the injured list. Um, he'll give the Braves some depth. They can move to a six-man rotation if they want, try and stretch out some of those younger guys so that they uh, uh, can have their workload managed. Or if they need to skip a start or set one of them down uh, for some load management, they can do that as well uh, since so much of their rotation are young guys like Spencer Strider or Kyle Wright. Um, this also keeps it gives them a nice backup plan if someone gets injured or any of those sort of things as well. And then finally, um, Will Smith uh, goes over to Houston in this trade, and he struggled all year in Atlanta. Uh, Didn't really have a place in the Atlanta bullpen this year, which is wild considering he was their closer last year. Uh, But Houston has a reputation for reinventing struggling pitchers, so I think they could possibly breathe some life back into him. If nothing else, again, gives them a lot of depth heading into the playoffs. Uh, I like this trade for both teams. I think... Um, I think that, you know, you can never have too much depth heading into the playoffs. So I think that this is a smart move by all these teams uh, and for the Braves and for the Tigers and for uh, the Houston Astros. The Brewers ended up trading Josh. uh, The Brewers ended up trading Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres. And this was kind of one of the big blockbuster deals of the day. Uh, I think a lot of people like the whisper about the idea of Josh Hader moving uh, to a different team, but no one really believed it would actually happen. And here it did. Uh, you know, I kind of get it. If you're from a Milwaukee standpoint, having both Hader and De- Devin Williams was a bit of a luxury um, where they needed to kind of fill in holes and weaknesses in other parts of their lineup. Uh, and, you know, you could get by with one of them, but having both of them seemed like they were trying to fill one gap while having all kinds of other holes. In the rest of their team, so uh, with that being said, I don't necessarily love the return they got here. So the whole trade is uh, San Diego uh, will deal Taylor Rogers, um, left handed pitching prospect Robert Gasser, outfielder as Estuary, uh, Estuary Ruiz, and right hander Daniel Salamette to Milwaukee, and they will receive Josh Hader in return. Uh, you know, I Taylor Rogers is a fine reliever was doing really well for San Diego up until about a month ago where it all kind of fell apart for him and maybe getting him a a lower leverage sort of setup role and um, you know, kind of a new uh, change in scenery might allow him to kind of regain some of that, uh, that mojo he had working earlier on in the season. If so, then the brewers end up with a nice one, two punch with Devin Williams and uh, and Taylor Rogers. Then they also get as to where Ruiz. I'm not sure. I mean, Ruiz didn't really have a spot in the San Diego lineup uh, where he get consistent playing time, and I don't necessarily know where he gets that playing time here in Milwaukee as well. My guess would probably be at some point he either uh, supplants um, Luis Ariz. Uh, no, sorry, Luis Arias or uh, Tyrone Taylor out there in center field. Uh, He's had a fantastic season in the minors this year. He's hit 333 with a 467 OBP and a 560 OPS. uh, I'm sorry, 560 slug with 13 home runs and steal in a minor league leading 60 steals in 69 attempts. That's wild. Uh, He he is incredibly fast. Has a ton of speed. known to be a pretty good outfielder out there in uh, center field. So, I get trying to go after him. He was sent down to AAA, so we don't have him up in the majors yet for Milwaukee. But you have to imagine uh, Tyron Taylor is not going to stand in his way for too, too long if he continues to not hit. The Nelson Lamette has been pretty bad so far this season. So uh, I think they're hoping they can rehab him a little bit, try and uh, get something uh, ironed out for him, uh, and then add him to that bullpen equation as well. Uh, and then, you know, for the Padres, uh, they've needed a closer. Ever since Rodgers kind of fell apart, their bullpen's pretty weak outside of Hader. So I think this is really where they needed for that stretch run. If they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, they needed that reliever. And so they got the best reliever in baseball. And this immediately kind of gives the the Padres bullpen some legitimacy and some punch. So I like this trade for both sides. I I feel like the Brewers could have gotten a little more, but uh, I do like the Padres getting Josh Hader here. Uh, for the Astros, the Astros trade for Trey Mancini. The Astros made a couple moves today. Um, one of them is with the Orioles and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, this is a theme three tre- uh, three team trade where the Astros uh, traded for Trey Mancini uh, and also received Jaden Murray, a right-handed pitcher from the Rays. And the uh, so then the Rays in return acquired Jose Siri. From the Astros and the Orioles received uh prospects Chase McDermott and right handed pitcher Seth Johnson. This is an interesting trade, so I get why the Orioles did it. Um, you know, obviously Mancini's 30, he was likely probably going somewhere else, you know, in free agency, uh, because he was going to be in high demand in the offseason. And if Mancini was smart, he was going to get out because it, his value was being suppressed heavily in Baltimore, as uh. He only has 10 home runs in the season, but the numbers say that if he had played for Houston the entire year, he would have 22 home runs. So a whole different take on his whole season here. So, you know, I'm sure he is, while well, probably missing his whole team, happy to be in better circumstances for his numbers. And for Houston, this makes a ton of sense. Michael Brantley's been hurt for quite some time now, and they don't necessarily know when he's coming back. Jake Myers is kind of struggling in the outfield. Jose Siri was struggling in the outfield for them. They needed an outfielder badly. Uh, And they got a really solid one here in Mancini, uh, a guy who's a team leader, uh, has a ton of heart. Uh, you, You can do, you know, it's hard to do a lot better than adding Trey Mancini to your team. And, you know, when you think about it, once Brantley does come back, uh, if you look at that one through five uh, in that Astros lineup, you're talking about Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, uh, Jordan Alvarez, Trey Mancini, and Kyle Tucker all in a row. And that's even before they get to add Alex Bregman back into the mix. So that's a whole uh, just murderers row of hitters uh, for teams to face in the playoffs. That's just, oh poor. I feel bad for the pitchers at the face, that lineup. Uh, uh, you add in that power boost, and I really like this move for Houston. Jaden Murray, it sounds like he's a right-handed pitcher, just made the jump to A. It sounds like this was more of a swap of a player who was going to be Rule 5 eligible uh, for Tampa, who then Tampa wanted to get uh, a player who was not Rule 5 eligible next year. So it just sounds like it was a sort of meaningless swap. Both these players um, were listed at both uh, Jaden Murray and Chase McDermott were essentially 35-plus uh, 35 plus, uh uh, future value grade players, according to Kyle McDaniel. So, nothing really uh, groundbreaking here in that trade uh, with those prospects. Uh, now, on the Rays side of things, we know uh, they worship outfield defense. This is something that is a big part of how they build teams is throughout field defense. Uh, that's why Kevin Kiermeyer's had such a huge part in that team for so long. Um, and when Kiermeyer went down for the, the year, you knew they were going to have to try and make uh, some kind of a move to fill in that defensive gap and Siri fills that role all right. He's uh has a reputation for pretty good defense. Um if nothing else he's a definite upgrade out there over Brett Phillips. He has speed for days and plenty of raw power uh even in just 147 uh plate appearances so far in the majors. Well, he's not hitting for a good average at all. He's hitting well below the Mendoza line. Uh, he does have six stolen bases and three home runs in that 147 plate appearances. So we see the power and the speed there. Um, Over a full season, that would come out to 20-plus stolen bases with double-digit home runs. Uh, the Rays, if any team can figure out how to get him to put the ball uh, successfully in play more often, it's definitely the Rays. They can definitely figure that out. Uh. The other part of this um, going to the Orioles, the big, uh, you know, big piece in terms of what the Orioles are getting out of this is Seth Johnson. He's a left-handed um, pitcher uh, that came over from the from the Houston Astros. He entered the season ranked by Kyle McDaniel as the number seven. Uh, sorry, he came over from the Rays, and he entered the season ranked by Kyle McDaniel as the number seven prospect in the Rays system, and uh, he's not. Coming up anytime soon. It's why a lot of fans are feeling a little frustrated by this trade because at the end of the day, the Orioles are making some noise. I mean, they're game over five hundred. They've been winning like crazy. They're making a push for that that third wild card spot in a lot of ways, and they take the heart and soul of that team and their leader and trade him to get a guy who literally just went up to eight, uh high eight ball, uh, and he's already twenty three which feels really old for uh for high a but you know it seems like he has a ton of upside he's got a upper 90s fastball a power curve a power slider um and like i said if you're the number seven prospect in the race system which is usually pretty deep uh at least says he's got a lot of potential upside so uh hopefully the orioles uh, get something out of that um as i know it does seem like a lot of Uh, fans have expressed that they really would have rather seen the Orioles be buyers rather than sellers. At this point, the moving on from that deal though, the, and for the record, I like that deal for, I think Houston does really well here. I think the Rays do really well here. I think really everyone makes out. All right. I just like, I don't get at some point, the Orioles have to decide to stop rebuilding and start trying to build something that, that convinces this team to start winning And I don't know if that's this sends the right message for the Orioles, even though I get getting this uh, high upside long-term prospect. For the Yankees, uh, the Yankees also made a... Well, actually, let's talk... Okay, so talking the other deal that Houston made. So they needed an upgraded catcher for Martin Maldonado, who... That team loves Martin Maldonado, but... He just wasn't hitting uh, at a level that they needed, especially with Brantley going down and a few of the other injuries they've had to deal with. They really need another bat in that lineup. And so they go out and trade for the Red Sox' Christian Vasquez. This is a really fascinating trade. So Vasquez is obviously a huge upgrade for Houston. Um, uh, As Martin Maldonado had a 66 WRC+, that meant he was basically 34% uh, worse than the average hitter in major league baseball. So this is a huge upgrade as Vasquez was a 111 wrc plus hitter over there in uh in Boston. So uh huge huge upgrade. It's hard to really even quantify how much of an upgrade that is. But um you know, it's worth noting as well. They don't lose anything on defense as Vasquez is considered a great defender at catcher um to give you an idea of just how good that 111 WRC plus is Vasquez would rank sixth on the Astros uh, in WRC plus that would tie in with rookie Jeremy Pena so uh, again this is huge I love this for Houston um I'm also really intrigued by the return for Boston Uh, the first piece was it was Emmanuel Valdez he's a smaller uh, infielder I believe he's only about 5'9 and you know, it's wild in sort of that mold of like Jose Ramirez or Jose Altuve, uh, he's a smaller guy who's figured out how to hit for a ton of power. He's at twenty-two home runs this year across double A AA and triple A. He's demonstrated a good eye at the plate and an ability to hit for average as well as power. He's at 327, uh with a 410 OBP and a 606 slug over uh this time period so uh really intriguing prospect there uh he's mostly been extreme blitter he's learning how to elevate again think Jose Ramirez Ojoves, Jose Altuve and Baseball America had him as the 12th ranked prospect in Houston system uh the hard part is uh, he doesn't really have a position he can play second or third um and Dave Schoenfield actually had him pegged as a potential Xander Bogarts replacement next year I could see him coming up also if JD Martinez is moved since they'll have the DH spot open so there are some openings for him there uh Pretty quickly here in AAA if he continues to hit and works out in the system. The other piece of that was Weiler Abreu, um, which Fangraphs ranked as the 21st ranked player in the Astros system. And the Astros don't have a real deep system, so that's not a huge endorsement. Um, He had a 35 future uh, value grade as a low hit tool, big power hitter with a ton of speed. Um, despite that, though, and you know, he's been tearing up Double A. He hit 249 with a 399 OBP and an 858 OPS with 15 home runs and 23 still bases to go along with an astonishing 19% walk rate, along with a 26.3% uh, K rate. Uh, that's a very, you know, really impressive numbers there. Um, and even if two thirds of that can translate over into the majors, Abreu could definitely have a future as a player for sure. Uh, In other big blockbuster news, the Yankees got Frankie Montas in a deal with Oakland. Uh, Obviously, they also got uh, former closer Lou Trevino, and this is just huge for the Yankees. Obviously, Montas is an ace in and of himself. He is an incredible uh, pitcher, and he's going to step right into that number two slot in their rotation. Um, I I don't see any big changes coming here from, uh, from Montas, and he'll obviously have a, a lot better chance at wins going from Oakland to New York, but he's also in a tougher park for home runs. He's going to be facing a lot tougher uh, division opponents for the most part, uh, you know, and he kind of leaves uh, an elite pitch framer in Sean Murphy uh, to, you know, so kind of, I have a feeling it'll all kind of come out in the wash. Uh, Monta should be really great for New York. I'm just saying I don't, wouldn't expect a major change in his production um, from there. For the A's, uh, you know, and and Lou Trevino, you know, it's one of those things that the Yankees have a reputation at this point for reinventing relief pitchers. So, uh, you know, anytime the the Yankees are interested in receiving a reliever, you pay attention. So uh, I'd like to see what they do with Trevino and I'm very excited to see what they can do for him there. For the A's, they get some pretty intriguing prospects here as well. Um, I know a lot of people have said they felt the return was light, but when you read through it, it looks pretty exciting. So the first, uh, the main piece is is uh, the Yankees' number five prospect, Ken Waldachuk. He's a killer fastball. Uh, he's looked really great at AAA so far. He struck out 34% of the hitters. He's faced with a three fifty nine ERA, over 47.2 innings pitched. Uh, he dominated... Before that, in Double A, with a 41.1% K rate and 28.2 innings pitched. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at a guy who has sky high upside, right? And considering the only hard part is we probably won't see him up in the majors this year um, because he threw a, only about 100 innings pitched last season. So I'm going to suspect, uh, I wouldn't suspect that he throws too many more innings this season. uh, And Oakland has no real reason to push him uh, and risk injuring him or pushing him too far down the line. I could see maybe right now picking him up in dynasty leagues if you want to, to stash him. But um, if nothing else, I would absolutely be adding him to names that I'm watching in spring training next year to see if he can make uh, that Oakland rotation. They also get uh, double-A right-handed pitcher Luis Medina who has been, you know, someone we've debated about in the baseball world for a long time, whether it's going to be a reliever or a starter. But he was ranked as the Yankees' number three prospect by Fangraphs coming into this year. He's backed up with a a 3.38 ERA with a 26.4% K rate over 72 innings pitched. He's blessed with incredible stuff. He's got really great stuff. His control, though, can come and go, and that's kind of his big weakness. Um, he's a mid to nineties, mid to upper 90s fastball. It's broken 100 at times, so tons of upside there. And he has a potentially great curveball and changeup as well to pair with that. Uh, we'll see as he develops whether or not uh, he ends up a starter or a reliever. Um, but uh, we it's highly likely we might see him in the majors as early as next year. And then the third piece in this trade that seems like uh, sort of the big centerpiece is JP Sears. He's another uh, major league ready minor league starter. Uh, He could fill in sort of at the back end of the rotation for Oakland. Um, He's made seven appearances at the major league level. In fact, uh, he actually started two games for the Yankees. Uh, He's totaled 22 innings pitched at the major league level so far with a 205 ERA. So he's done well, uh, even though he's not necessarily striking out a lot of hitters or doing things like that. He has pitched well, one given the opportunity at the majors. Uh, So we should definitely have him on our radar as well for next year to see um, if these guys all make the Oakland rotation. This wasn't the only move, though, the Yankees made. They also added to their bullpen um, in a deal with the Cubs. The Yankees acquired right-handed reliever Scott Efros from the Cubs in exchange for minor league right-hander Hayden Wesneski.
2: promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherless.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right, thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Um, and
1: this is obviously them going out and getting a replacement for Michael King who was out for the season with a fractured elbow. Um they needed another guy to kind of be the setup man there for Clay Holmes in New York. He's stri- uh and Efros is a great choice for this. He strikes out 28.1% of the hitters he faced uh this season. He's got 2.66 ERA in 44 innings pitched. This is the exact kind of guy the Yankees love, and they have a really great track record to turn these guys into stars. So this should work out quite nicely for the Yankees. I really like them going out and getting him. And in terms of what they gave up, so Hayden Wesneski made 19 starts for the Yankees at AAA, striking out 83 hitters and 89.2 innings pitched with a five a 3.51 ERA and a 1.15 WHIP. He's Listed as a 40 plus future value prospect. So uh, nothing elite, but could still fit into your rotation pretty nicely and was listed as New York's 17th best prospect by fan He has five pitches. So he's got a full starters uh, repertoire and could end up, up being a mid rotation starter or multi inning reliever as early as next season. So that's a nice piece for the Cubs to pick up in that situation as well. Uh, I think that is all of the trades. Oh, the Red Sox did make one, uh, a couple other moves here. Um, I'm not quite, I don't quite get what Boston is doing. As I mentioned, they already uh, traded away Christian Vasquez. Um, But then, so you'd assume they're sellers, right? But then they turn around and trade for Tommy Pham for a player to be named later with the reds. So I'm not sure if they are buying or selling or what they're trying to do here, but, um, I don't know what to do with fam here. This really, I think tanks his fantasy value until we have an idea what his role is. Cause I don't think they're going to start him all that often over Jackie Bradley jr. As they love his defense out there in left field, which is one of the harder outfielders to play in. So I, I can't imagine taking fam. Who's not a great defender and putting him out there in left field. Um, But uh, if nothing else, he could probably platoon with JBJ out there uh, against lefties because Fam has been crushing lefties so far this season. Um, If nothing else, maybe they have someone nibbling on JD Martinez. and This is a good backup in case they end up trading him. Uh, Then he can DH. Something along those lines I could see. Um, Otherwise, unless he can secretly play first base, there's got to be something else to this. There's something else coming today, I I feel like, uh, to make this make sense. Um... But until then, uh, I think this kills fam's, uh fantasy value. Um, I, I think you have to wait and see what his role is going to be with Boston before uh, you go pick him up or hold on to him. They also traded for Reese McGuire to fill out their catcher rotation. I, again, they're downgrading from a 111 WRC plus hitting catcher to Kevin Ploiecki and his 53 WRC plus hitting and Reese McGuire, who's hitting 55 WRC plus for the season. So this is a huge downgrade for Boston. So I don't quite understand what they're doing here. Um, they did also move Jake Diekman is who they moved to pick up Reese McGuire. So Diekman goes over to the White Sox. Uh, Diekman was good at the start of the season for Boston at one point is even the closer. Um, but if he, he's currently walking hitters at a 17% walk rate, uh, and not caught up to him real fast. You can't, you can't do that as a pitcher in the majors. Um, will he be solid enough, uh, to fill in? I think so. I think they probably picked him up to fill in for Ronaldo Lopez who just went on the IL. Uh, so uh, keep an eye on that, but uh, I think Deakman will at least fill in that gap for now until Lopez comes back. Finally, the last move that I want to talk about uh, today is that the Cardinals traded for Jose Quintana. Um, at least they're finalizing said deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, I've said before I kind of buy into what Quintana is doing this season, so I like this for St. Louis. He's relying on his curveball and changeup more and more. He's cut way down his four-seam usage, and it's really worked well for him this season. Uh, the, all of those pitches have kind of actually improved uh, in, in many ways and started to show out. So um, he's getting a major—this is a guy who wants to put the ball in play. Uh, he's not a huge strikeout guy at this point in his career. And he's getting a major upgrade in, the, in uh, defense as he's moving from the eighth-worst defensive team in Pittsburgh by outs above average to the third-best in the league um there in st louis so this should really help him out if anything we might see him in a much better situation and see his numbers improve if he continue pitching that well um depend, given how much his success depends on weak contact and how much he needs to hitter to put the ball in play for him to succeed so i really like this move oh they also got chris stratton in this deal and i think it's a great buy low bullpen addition for st louis uh he struggled so far this season to the tune of a five 0.09 ERA in 40.2 and he's pitched, but he has a 3.61 fit. So that's telling you how much uh, he's another guy who he's going to put the ball in play. He needs a defense backing him up and you can tell the pirates defense and not do him any favors. So hopefully that Cardinals elite defense should help him out and help him uh, bounce back in a big way. Now going the other way for the pirates, I actually really like what the pirates got too. They got Johan Oviedo who made the leap in 2019 from double eight straight to the majors in 2020 And he really struggled uh, in those stints, and he really hadn't been the same uh, until this year. And it's worth noting he made the leap up at a very young age. Um, You know, he's now basically entering uh, his 24-year season, so uh, you feel like this is the time he'd normally be coming up. Uh, And the big change he's made this year has actually found pretty good success um, so far this season he has started really locating the ball in the zone uh, in the zone way more often he's throwing way more strikes he's uh, getting it. and with that he's seeing an increase in his called strikes and his swing strikes he's cut way down on his fastball uh, and changeup combo and it's thrown a slider 43.7% of the time. That's nearly double from what he threw in 2021. Uh, and his curveball has benefited greatly from the addition of, of a lot more horizontal movement. has become a really nice pitch for him. Uh, this is a nice exchange on Pittsburgh's part. I feel like this is where you take an older... They signed Quintana. They, they uh, gave him his sort of rebirth and then traded him to get a young project who could then break out for them here. I like it a lot. You also got Malcolm Nunez, who is a power hitter without a position. Um, It kind of seems to fit the mold of a lot of the other young hitters Pittsburgh likes. If you think of like Bly, Bly Madris or Jack Swinitsky, uh maybe even Diego Castillo. These are sort of the kind of hitters that Pittsburgh likes. So they clearly see something in Malcolm Nunez they like. Um, He doesn't really have a position uh that he, he can play. But with the DH in, in the National League now, that could still be a role for him where he could fit in. Um, He was hitting uh, in double A. He was hitting 255 with a 360 OBP and an 823 OPS with 17 home runs, 11 doubles and 66 RBIs. Uh, He also had a 13.7% walk rate and a 20.3% K rate there in double A. So I really like these two pickups for, uh, for Pittsburgh, given what they gave up uh, in this situation. So those are all the trades that I saw that I really liked. I apologize if I left anything out or if I missed anything. Um, there's obviously, like I said, a ton to cover. Now, uh, a couple rumors. It sounds like Miami might uh, end up holding on to its trade candidates and trying to make more moves in the off-season rather than this season. Uh, we'll see if anything changes today, but that is the rumor going around right now. Uh, f- Unfortunately for those who were hopeful to get pay, uh, Pablo Lopez, um, that may not happen. On the other side of that, the, uh, most rivals are starting to circulate that they don't believe Cleveland is going to go for uh, massive upgrades this deadline. I know a lot of people attach them to uh, guys like Lopez or uh, getting uh, Sean Murphy from the from the A's. And it sounds like a lot of people suspect that they're not going to go for massive upgrades uh, at this time of the deadline and prefer to also wait until the offseason to do that. The White Sox have been looking for a left-handed hitter who can play right field as well. Um, they don't really have a solution for that right now, and that is sort of their priority apparently for uh, for today to try and acquire someone who can do that. Um, so that's sort of the all the trades I know. I just went through a ton of stuff, um, but that, you know, I feel like that's the biggest thing that, that we could cover today is seeing who got moved where. What's going on? There's a ton of dynasty news involved in that. And a ton of players changing positions and changing where they're going and where they're playing. So uh, we should have even more coming today. And I'm very excited to see what ends up happening. So to talk a few hitters, there were a few hitters that did stand out for me in yesterday's action. that I do want to briefly cover. Um, first off, Joey Vano for the Reds went one for two with a, uh, with a home run. And two, I'm sorry, he went one for two. With two walks and a run scored, he's now up to, a, you know, he basically, he's at 273 with a 429 OBP and a 545 slugging percentage. With four home, oh, I'm sorry, with two home runs, uh, you know, with, with two home runs over his last seven games. You know, we're starting to see, it's a little later than we usually expect him to do it, um, but maybe we're getting old. You know, Joey Votto from last year, that second half Joey Votto might be starting to get going here. So uh keep an eye on Joey Votto. He's widely available right now. Uh, I definitely recommend picking Joey Votto up. Brandon Nimmo went 4-5 with a run scored uh, and a double. I've said it over and over and over. Pick up Brandon Nimmo. Leoff hitter for the Mets. It, it This isn't rocket science. He's hit 286 over his last seven games. Uh People are starting to roster him, starting to pick him up. So... Go get him while you still can. Definitely go get Brandon Nimmo. Luis Garcia went two for four for the Nationals with an RBI. I still have a lot of concerns about his plate discipline, and he had just started to slump, so I figured this was it. This is the end of the line. But then over his last seven games, he's hit 296 with a 519 slugging percentage. So I still have a lot of concerns about his plate discipline. I don't expect this to continue, but he keeps proving me wrong. So uh, if you haven't picked him up, go get him, uh, especially if you need help in the average department for the Mariners Kyle Lewis recently returned uh went 1 for 4 with an RBI run and a home run this is his third home run he's uh, only got 40 uh 43 at bats on the season he's only been back a couple games now but in his last seven games in 21 at bats he's got uh three home, he's got uh multiple home runs now he you know hopefully he can start getting going and we'll start seeing uh the old Kyle Lewis come back now that he's actually healthy for the Yankees, Jose Trevino hit two home runs. Uh, and, you know, he's been really kind of starting to get going again. He hasn't quite gotten there in the uh, the average department. I think, like any catcher, is going to kind of be up and down. Um, but, you know, he's got now uh, four home runs in his last 30 games and two in the last seven. So nice to see him get going there as well. For the Diamondbacks, Christian Walker went two for five with a double and a home run and three RBIs. Um, it, this is the same. He's not hitting for any average. Uh, but he is crushing home runs like crazy, as that is his 24th home run. He's still available if you need home runs and you're desperate for some power. Go pick up Christian Walker, you know, and hope he doesn't kill you too badly in average. For the Guardians, Stephen Kwan went two for four with a run scored, two walks, and a stolen base. Uh, over Kwan's last seven games, he's at 364 with a 400 OBP. A 424 slug and three stolen bases. He's got four stolen bases in his last 15 games. Now that he's stealing bases, and he's just getting on base like crazy, you need to go pick up Stephen Kwan. Uh, he's leading off for the Guardians, and he is just playing his brains out. He is just hitting fantastic. He's stealing bases. Do not leave Stephen Kwan out there uh, on the waiver wire. Ahmed Rosario went three for six with a run and three RBIs, including a walk-off. He had a, a two run home run as well in this game. Uh, he had the walk off single that won the game for the Guardians. Uh, he's hitting .294 with a 314 OBP and a 382 slug over his last seven games. Um, but that slug's up to 464 over his last 15 games. Uh, so he is crushing the ball right now. This is the time of the year Amon Rosario it gets hot. He also can give you a couple stolen bases here and there, um, you know, as a good kind of classic 10, 15. Uh, stolen base guy. Uh, so definitely, again, if you need some stolen bases and average help, go pick up Ahmed Rosario. He's red hot right now. For the Twins, Jose Miranda went two for four with three RBIs, a walk and a run uh, scored. Over his last seven games, uh, he is hitting 481 with a 533 OBP and a 741 slugging percentage uh with two home runs. Go pick up Jose Miranda if he's out there. I just picked him up in a couple leagues today. Highly recommended. He is absolutely crushing the ball right now. And it's worth noting coming into this, Van had him as the number three prospect for the twins. So it's not like this is coming out of nowhere. Uh, this is right in line with what we thought Miranda was capable of. Um, also Giorgela hit a home run, hit his 10th home run, going two for five with two RBIs. Uh, he's been hot two right now, hitting 348 with a 739 slug uh over his last seven games with two home runs. This way he does he's up and down, roller coaster, you know. Um uh so while he's on a hot streak, and if you need that help in some of those positions, like third base or first base, you should definitely pick him up. For the Orioles, Jorge Mateo went two for four with a run in RBI and a stolen base. That's his 25th stolen base on the season. He's actually been hitting really well. He's got hit in 273 uh, over his last seven games, in which he's stolen two bases over that time period. If you need stolen base help, uh, Jorge Mateo's been red hot. He's actually been hitting 302 over his last 15 games. So he's been hitting really well. I highly recommend picking him up if you need some stolen bases, uh, at least even in the short term. For the Padres, and Profar went two for four with an RBI and a run. He had a double and a home run. uh, Over his last seven games, he's seeing 385 with four home runs in his last seven games. Uh, Just absolutely just crushing the ball right now. Uh, I highly recommend picking up Jerkson Profar if he's available in one of your leagues right now. While he is crushing the ball this well, uh, you can't leave him out there on the wire. For the Dodgers, um, uh, James Outman. Went two for two with a home run uh, and two runs. I'm sorry. Went two for two with two runs scored. He is absolutely crushing the ball. It's only been six and a half bats. So it's obviously pretty random, but it's worth noting that this was uh, a guy that fan was is pretty high on here kind of compared him to a Josh Lowe type, um, you know, so keep an eye on him here for the Dodgers. Don't go pick him up yet, but um, keep an eye on James Outman. See if he continues to, uh, to rake here as well. For the Giants, Wilmer Flores went two for four with a home run. That's his 16th home run. Do I need to keep saying it? Don't leave Wilmer Flores out there. Go pick him up ASAP. For the Dodgers to move on to pitching, Andrew Heaney went four innings pitched with an earned run and seven strikeouts. This is his first. Uh, this is actually his second start back from injury, and he's been fantastic. Uh, he's not going to go deep in the games. He's only going to throw probably four or five innings every single start he makes. Um, as the Astros try to, keep, I mean, as the Dodgers try to keep him uh, healthy. But, man, he's just pitching really well. He's striking everyone out. Go pick up Andrew Haney. He does get San Diego next, so I get if you don't want to start him there. But I feel like uh, while he's healthy, you need to be starting him uh, as he's just been lights out. For the Orioles, uh, Sam Wa- uh, Sammy Watkins went uh, – is it Sammy Watkins? Yeah, Sammy uh, – for the Orioles, Sammy Watkins pitched six innings, giving up one earned run with five strikeouts. Shockingly, Watkins has actually been really, really good. I don't know if he flew under the radar for me this much. But over his last uh, seven games started, so 32 innings pitched, he's had a 3.09 ERA. Uh, He's pitched really, really well um, over that time period. That's roughly about... yeah, it's over his last seven starts. And over the time period, you know, it's been a couple easy ones, but he's also faced Tampa Bay twice. He's faced the Yankees, the White Sox, Minnesota, Texas. So it's not like he's getting pushovers either, but he's been pitching really, really well. Uh, I really like what he's doing here. And he's he gets Pittsburgh next, uh, who are terrible. Uh, so absolutely, you should be starting him there. Go pick up Sammy Watkins to go pitch in that game uh, for sure. John Gray left his game uh, after getting pummeled. Uh, he pitched 1.1 in innings, uh, gave up four and runs, and left with an injury. We'll know more about what that is today, but I just wanted to throw that out there. For the Red Sox, Nathan Evaldi had a nice... Uh, yeah, let's, let's not talk. For the Twins, Aaron Sanchez actually made his comeback. He had been out since May 28th with an injury. Uh, he pitched five innings, pitched with two earned runs, given up and eight strikeouts. Um, it was against Detroit, so it's hard to read too far into that, but it's nice seeing him pitch well and uh, see him doing well there. Uh, just keep an eye on him. He uh, don't, We don't know when he's going to pitch again or what his role right now for the Tigers is going to be as his first game back. But um, I mean, for, I'm sorry, four minutes as his first game back. But keep an eye on him for sure. Uh, To see um, if he gets another shot here in that rotation. For the Reds, Hunter Green went six innings pitched, gave no earned runs with eight strikeouts against the Marlins. Um, This is, you know, his second decent start against uh, in a row. Of course, it was against the Marlins last time too. So who knows if maybe he just needs to face the Marlins for every start he has. But uh, over the last twelve innings pitched, he has given up just one earned run. Actually, he's given up just two earned runs uh and struck out 14 over his last uh 12 innings pitch so uh it looks like he's figuring some things out pitching really nicely uh walked only one batter in those two starts so hopefully this is a sign that he's starting to turn things around and starting to get things figured out here at the major league level he does give him a walkie next so that's a tough start so I understand if you want to f- sit him there uh I totally get that. For the Marlins, Jesus Lazardo made his comeback here, uh, throwing five innings pitched with two earned runs and five strikeouts. That's nice and really encouraging to see uh, against the Reds. Uh, again, I, this is not a guy also I'm going to run out and pick up, but it's worth keeping an eye on to see if uh, he stays healthy and if he's pitching well. Uh, definitely worth a pickup if that continues. So with that, before we jump into things that I want to talk about today, Uh, let's look at some, uh, let's actually take a real quick break here and we're back. Awesome. Real quick. One last thing. Let's check in with Mark Paquette for the weather today. Thank you, Mark. And now let's talk about some things I want to watch today. Obviously, first off the trade deadlines today, 6 PM Eastern standard time. As far as I know, uh, let's hopefully it's just going to be, you know, trades and moves everywhere where's Juan Soto going to end up that is going to be the star of the show today but there are also some really fun games I I like uh the Diamondbacks are facing Cleveland and Zach Gallon versus Tristan McKenzie that should be a really fun matchup Jacob DeGrom makes his return uh for the Mets today I like Keegan Thompson versus Adam Wainwright that should be a fun sort of old school pitching matchup to watch and obviously the Dodgers going toe-to-toe with the Giants that is a big rivalry that's always a fun matchup looking at some hitters to stream any of the Orioles you can get your hands on against Spencer Howard. Uh, Jerk. I like picking up like jerks and Profar, any other Padres you can get your hands on going up against Corey Feltner uh, for the, um, for the Rockies and any of the Brewers you get your hands on against Bryce Wilson should also be really nice matchups for you. in terms of pitchers to stream, I like Cole Irvin against the angels and I like Keegan Thompson there, um, uh, you know, against, the cardinals whose offense has kind of scuffled a little bit lately uh, you know i don't that's not my like the most secure matchup in the world but that is one i do feel comfortable starting Keegan Thompson as he's been really good lately and finally Braxton Garrett is another star i would be looking at as he's been really good lately and should get you a ton of strikeouts so that's what we got going on today i know it's a ton of stuff with all the trades with all the the action going on it's going to be even more today uh definitely uh, lots and lots to look forward to. Keep your eyes uh, peeled to Twitter and to List for all the stuff we're going to be talking about throughout the day. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Happy uh, Trade Deadline Day.